0: we're dancing we're dancing and this week i welcome andy way to the show and you're like who is andy way and you know what? i don't know all i found out about andy when i met him at a speakers conference was that he called himself adventure man and you know how your host and bonnie loves a good adventure and loves a good conversation with people who love a good adventure. Look back at the episodes with Sterling Hawkins and Josh Stinton. We've got incredible people with Leanne talking about um, Kilimanjaro and with Lisa Carrado talking about the Camino. All the adventures, all the time, and today is no exception. And I'm sure you can tell from my voice, I'm very excited. So I'm going to shut up and let him do the talking. Thanks for listening, y'all. We are Dancing in the Discomfort Zone today with Andy Way, uh, best-selling author, speaker, and adventure man. I kind of expected you to come in a cape.
1: Well, or a helmet.
0: Or <laughs> 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 Excellent shift of perspective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's start right there. Why do you call yourself adventure man? No
1: good reason other than I believe in living adventurously daily, right? So many people think when they hear the word adventure, thoughts of like climbing Mount Everest or sailing around the world come up. That's the kind of the normal connotation. And I just firmly firmly believe that every single day is the unknown and it's up to us to engage in it and explore it uh, so that we can live really a more full, exciting life.
0: Yeah, a little bit more fun. Well, and you came at the whole life doesn't always go the way you expected or hoped in a really tough way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about jumping right in. See, this is why I should have had a helmet. <laughs> yes, <exactly.
0: laughs> Welcome. You didn't realize who your host was, did you? I love it.
1: I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I had dreams of, uh, of having a son one day, starting from the time I was 13. I, I knew I was going to have a son And I spent many years preparing for his coming uh, my whole life after, you know, seventh grade. I was always paying attention to parent-child relationships. And um, I love observing human behavior. And I was really excited about it and became a single father and, um, you know, eventually remarried. But in sixth grade, uh, things for Drew started to change. Uh, He was 12. He was in
0: sixth grade, not you.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. When he was 12. Uh, things started to go downhill, and he really started to wrestle with a variety of, um, you know, and we can dig into that. But uh, ultimately, it was it was severe anxiety, depression, and drug and alcohol abuse. And so we fought a six year long battle um, to save his life. And I closed my business and focused everything I had into his care. And that is not how I saw my time with my son going.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: that, that's a big curveball.
0: Well, and you want to talk about unknowns, dealing with mental health and anxiety and, you know, um, addiction issues, substance abuse disorder yeah. is, is the scariest battle beside parenting. So you're doing both of them together yeah. um, because you really just have no idea if what you're doing is right.
1: A hundred percent. I mean, you can, you can read all the books on parenting you want, um, even in the best case scenario, it still doesn't prepare you for those challenges. It doesn't matter how well informed you are. Uh, but to take on uh, and to, and to discover uh, cutting and bulimia in a young male uh, pe- for anyone, uh, but it was it was a world that was completely unknown to me. I had no idea how to help him, and um, and I was, you know, people that was part of my identity. Andy's a really good dad. Like I was all in. You know, my I chose a career in real estate investing so that I could be there for him. Yeah. He he was the center of my world. I stayed in St. Louis, Missouri uh, to raise him, you know, when my whole life prior to that was in the water. So
0: um,
1: yeah, nothing could have prepared me for what we, we took on.
0: Yeah. And you were in the Navy, you worked on carriers helping, you know, planes take off. So, and I've been on the deck of those carriers. They're no joke. The whole dance that is done in that time. So you dealt with unknowns, you dealt with some stress. Sure,
1: sure. I mean, you know, that it really began for me kind of that life doesn't always turn out like you think. um, And having to adjust on the fly started for me in the middle of my senior year in high school, moved across the country, left my family, my friends, parents went through a divorce, and I wind up in a desert, Tucson, Arizona, Um, and then, yeah, lived on a sailboat in Austin, and got to know my mom, who I was not raised with. And then uh, joined the Navy and served overseas. Graduated third in my class, and, and chose to go around the world to do something completely different. And uh, yeah, launched jets off the flight deck of a carrier, and spent eight months a year at sea. So yeah, I, I had I had done some different things, and and fully embraced it.
0: Yeah. So how did that? All these lessons that you learned along this way lead to the Adventure Daily um, yeah. n- n- lifestyle,
1: <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I think it is a lifestyle. Like, um, that's right. Well, when Drew started to heal, you get to a point as a, as a father, who's closed his business where you asked yourself, well, now what? Mm, yeah. <laughs> what do? Um, start another business or, and, and what would that be if I were to? And, and so I really got into the inquiry of what's next. And, um, You know, it it started late one night. I caught a a video on YouTube of these guys riding adventure motorcycles uh, in the backcountry of Colorado. It was this group of guys and this drone footage, and it was stunning. And uh, I've been so many years kind of entrenched in this thing with, you know, in in helping Drew that uh, my world had gotten really small. And when I saw that video, I I had this visceral reaction to it. Like, I want that in my life. That looks amazing. It was a month later. I bought a motorcycle. And uh and dove it really dove deep into the adventure motorcycling world, completely unknown to me. I had never really ridden motorcycles, and, <laughs> and <laughs> so. But you know, I learned that ninety percent of the world's roads are unpaved, and people mm-hmm. were writing, You know, if you've ever heard of that that documentary with Ewan McGregor and yes, Charlie yes, I've seen it. yeah, way it's around, a good one, right? I'm going. What what is this? This is fascinating. And then I was I really spent. A long time unpacking you know what is what was that reaction and why does it matter and who should care so I dug deep into adventure um starting with Google searching the word adventure <laughs> 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 by definition right getting uncomfortable yeah. exploring the unknown seeking excitement hmm. and um and then I, I practiced I practiced uh, those those things getting uncomfortable and exploring the unknown and and took some solo rides uh, on my bike. And and then I applied some of these lessons learned to everyday life.
0: Yeah. And so what's your adventure today? Are you riding your bike today? Are you going on a yep. on a dirt road? Uh,
1: well, I've done the, you know, I took Drew when he graduated high school. I rebuilt his bike. I'm not a mechanical person. Uh, so I, he bought So it broke down a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, these bikes luckily are meant to fall over.
0: <laughs>
1: because that... That happens.
0: <laughs> we just put bubble wrap around our legs and everything will be okay. I just
1: jump, jump yeah. and roll.
0: <laughs>
1: and a lot of protective gear, that's for sure. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> no, but, but my question was more to that. I didn't ask it very well. The question was more to the question of this whole daily concept of adventure. Because every day can't be climbing Kilimanjaro and going up. Awesome on a motorcycle ride, um, but there is value in seeing life that way on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, you know, the, the beauty of when you practice getting uncomfortable, for me, uh, I had a stage fright from the time, I was in a school play in eighth grade, and I swore after that play as I was drenched in sweat where I had to sing a love ballad with Jenny Katz, who was not my girlfriend at 13 years old, in front of an auditorium full of people and my peers, and I refused to practice, but I knew my lines, and I, I swore I was never going to speak, much less sing in front of anyone ever again. So, when I, you know, really started to push out always adventure, there was I had a coach who told me, "Oh, um, a lot of people asked me to work with their you know, husbands or, or fathers of children," um, and she said, "Your program, your work, is meant for one to many," which meant me speaking. So part of this this adventure was me getting past that stage fright. I even took singing lessons, and just to unpack this voice because uh, I had a story to share and a and a message. Um, and so part of it was that. And now I've got a corporate program that I'm rolling around, you know, rolling out through the Midwest and Southeast, and and I, I speak to corporate clients and uh, in talks to speak in, in front of seven thousand people. You can imagine. <laughs> If if you're overcoming stage fright, that's a big audience.
0: (laughs) That's a way to do it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Put on your helmet. Let's go. Yeah, bring it. (laughs) Yeah, right? I
1: embrace it. Anything uncomfortable now. That's hard. I want to take that on uh, any kind of little challenge. And those are available all the time, right?
0: Why do we do this? Why? Why? Every once in a while, my future self, when it is my current self, looks back at my past self and says, why did you do this to me? Yeah. And so why do we do it? Because I'm I'm your people. I do the same thing. I set it up to be uncomfortable. Yeah. What's the value here? Because <laughs> some people Uh-oh. are sitting at home going, you know what? My couch is super comfortable. I'm uh-huh. good.
1: <laughs> Obviously, the brain is designed, you know, to keep us safe. Um, right, and keep us alive. But there's a difference between you know what our brain is telling us and And what we need to be telling ourselves, Mm -hmm. we we can get really, really comfortable and we can get stuck there. But that's not living. That leads to regret, you know, unfulfillment, a lack of happiness. And so part of the reason why I think good on you and and others who do because it's uh, it's exciting. And the ultimate outcome is trust. Whenever you accomplish a goal and do something that's a little bit challenging, doesn't matter how simple you, you overcome something. And that gives you more confidence uh, and that so you foster greater confidence and deepen your level of trust in yourself in knowing that you'll be okay and you can do it. And when you trust yourself more, you're able to trust others more.
0: Well, and do you think that your experience of leaving home, going to the desert, joining the Navy, you know, running around the country or the world, excuse me, um, and embracing all those unknowns and those adventures? Helped you once you got to dealing with with Drew and his challenges.
1: You know, uh, possibly. Um, I still feel like I still question: um, Is there anything more I could have done? I, to be honest, it wasn't. But like a month ago, where I realized that I still have morning work to do because Drew's now twenty; he's out of the house. We're empty nesters, and it's like all that dream that I had of what I wanted that relationship to look like between me and drew, it doesn't look like that. Mm. And so I realized I'm kind of still in this phase of kind of at times mourning the loss of what could have been or what I thought it was going to, you know, how it was going to go. And so maybe it helped, but I'm definitely aware and that that's helpful. And I don't know if that's a product of some of the challenges and things I over took on as a kid, uh, or if that's just part of my personality.
0: Yeah, sure. Well, and I always think of, of sort of calling back to those things that you have survived, that you have done in those tougher moments, to say, all right, this sucks, and I've done sucky things before and, and made it.
1: I, I think you're definitely, to a degree, me just taking things on. Um, And knowing I'll be okay is rooted in experience. Like I I can do that to to the point of the outcome of the practice of getting uncomfortable and exploring the unknown.
0: Yeah, though, I'm sure uh, battling for a child's life is one of the hardest, most uncomfortable things that you can't ever be ready for.
1: No way. It was brutal. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So what is the next adventure you've got coming up?
1: Yeah. So seeking excitement is ever-present. I'm always looking for, so, you know, of the practices that I write about, there's five. And so we're touching on the core three, uh, three, four, and five. And and exploring the unknown is just living with more curiously. So every single day, I love not knowing how this conversation's going to go, right? And when we, we met it.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, you're saying so, I was your adventure today, which is totally fair. My ex-husband. Partly, yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't know how this conversation is going to go. Let's do it. It's so yeah. that's fun, right? You know, let's let's take that on and who knows what's going to become of it and uh it's just fun to to have these kinds of conversations and who you're going to meet and and building relationships to um you know we're heading to Spain soon. I just had an amazing conversation that I had been dreaming of for 5 years with the founder of the Experiential Learning Institute. And so we're we're going to co-brand um, we, you know, always adventure in the corporate program offering I have, and so they have assessment and measuring tools, and so had an amazing conversation with her today. And at the center of my work uh, is very well coupled with theirs, and so I woke up super excited what, about what that could look like, and she now is too, and that's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I committed to a certification program, and so there's some of that to you know, coursework that I just committed to and, and so and then rolling out, you know, more, uh, my program offerings. So that's exciting to build, just to build always adventures is, is just awesome.
0: And is this your first entrepreneurial endeavor?
1: No, my whole, okay. my whole family and I have been self-employed for most of our lives, all of us. And so I'm from a big family and, and almost everybody on my side of the family is self-employed, but, uh, but to this degree, because this is all me. It's not it's not a franchise or, or anything like that. It's not buying a piece of real estate. Um, this is, uh, you know, I created these practices and identified these clear specific outcomes. So this is really all my creation. And it's yeah. been a, a a heck of a pursuit and endeavor. It's been a lot of fun. But um
0: well and yeah. the and the challenging part as as speakers is not only is the whole business us and we come up with the stuff but we're the product like right. i'm the delivery mechanism for for my stuff like it's it's a weird thing to sell yourself you know it's like the world's oldest for profession. sure, for
1: sure. <laughs> and that was probably my biggest hurdle i've been kind of a private guy uh, i i live in kind of the one-on-ones or small group kind of thing and and, uh, so I'm having to get out of my shell a little bit and, and really own that conversation in space. And, and you have to have that confidence and conviction. And when it's all your creation, that's an exercise for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're putting yourself out there and your story and your, yeah. And, and they're going to be, like I always say, you know, you can't make everybody happy. You're not pizza. There's, nope. you know, not everybody's going to like it. Mm. So what do you tell yourself? You're at the door of the plane at 12,000 feet. You know, you're about to take off on a solo ride. You're about to go on stage in front of 7,000 screaming fans. And you're like, oh, crap, what am I doing? I can run away and join the circus now. What do you tell yourself to get yourself to take that step? Because that's often where we stop ourselves.
1: I had a great piece of advice from uh, once uh, in a program, and this lady said something brilliant to me. And she said, if you're, everybody gets you know, kind of anxious. It doesn't I mean Elvis Presley was nervous every single concert he ever did. If you're overly anxious, it means one of two things. You're either underprepared mm. or you think it's about you. Oh, And it's not. Right. And so at the end of the day, what helps me is I just trust my stuff and Mm -hmm. I trust it because I researched it and doubted it and critiqued it and doubted it and researched it. Right. And I've had so many conversations that when I talk about my work, people love it. And so at some point, you just got to trust it and let go. And it's going to land for somebody because you and you know that to be true, because every time you talk about it,
0: somebody responds. Yeah.
1: And so let go. It's not about me.
0: Hmm. I love that. You know, especially when you're when you're getting on stage. But what about when it is about you and you're, you know, again, jumping out of a plane or interviewing for a job or applying for a job or, you know, having that tough conversation with your boss where you're going to ask them to do something that.
1: I think that it's really important to do the work of getting comfortable in your own skin and, and liking who you are when you really know yourself and you know you're good and you know your heart is good then you got to rest in that like you just put your best foot forward and and let go of the the need to control the outcome yeah right cuz yeah. you just like with life right like it doesn't always turn out like we think but sometimes it turns out even better than we ever imagined and you know come what may you did your best and if it's not a good fit it wasn't it's not you it's thank you universe or god mm-hmm. or for providing greater clarity for me, because that wasn't that if it wasn't a good fit, then then it would have never been a great fit. Next.
0: Yeah. And the next thing might even be better, better. I love it. Now you say do the work. And I hear people say this all the time. I hear people say, and I'm like, I don't even know what that means. So what is your, I mean, I know my definition of doing the work, but what is your definition of doing the work?
1: I spent a lot of time, um, getting coaching. Mm. And a lot of that coaching work, I mean, I spent years and years um exploring uh myself, spending time in reflection, getting to complete with my youth, um, letting go of old those old stories, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if you've ever heard of landmark forum, right, they talk about everybody has one of three primary stories, and you and there's three there's three different points in your life where you had a single experience and you made up that primary story. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy or I'm not enough. And so you have to, some of that work is identifying, reflecting and getting complete with your past so that you can powerfully move forward. And in, everybody's, dra- you know, a lot, so many people are dragging these anchors around
0: mm.
1: and, and they're playing small and, they, and they're living out of this old story that simply isn't true. I'm not good enough is not the truth. That was my story. Hmm. right? That's just I, I'll never forget it. I was in seventh grade. my parent I didn't fail seventh grade. My parents held me back, and they thought it'd be better for me. I was one of six kids, the oldest male, and I, I'll never forget going to the first day of my second year in seventh grade with 2. all no. of my now eighth grade friends, and they're walking to eighth grade, and I'm walking back to seventh. Hmm. And I made up the story that I'm not good enough. And I lived out much of my life believing that as truth. And so part of that, when I say do the work, is really underst- doing that work to reflect, knowing where you're self-sabotaging, understanding how you're playing and when you're playing small, and really identifying you know, who you are and what you're about and what you're passionate about and what you want to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And this is as I turn 50 on Monday, I am I am saying, okay, cool. How can I make the second half as awesome and productive and all that as the last half? Because uh-huh. stuff's changing and I got to change with it because if I'm living in those old stories, I'm going to be living a 20 year old's life. And this 50 year old body's going to be like, uh, no, we can do it, but we got to do it differently. So I, I get that. But I think there's a lot of that emotional story as well.
1: Yeah, I love it. And happy birthday, Monday. Um, (laughs) Completely get it. I'm 48. And um, you'll
0: get your AARP mailing soon.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) My wife just turned 50. And that just happened. and she just, she's not happy about it. She's not complete. You know, like, yeah, you do kind of come to this, you know, I hate to say it. It's like this midlife crisis moment. You're like, half my life's over.
0: Well, and when did that happen? When did that happen? happen? Like, I was 15 a minute
1: ago, hundred <laughs> percent. And I think that it, it really is. How do you have the next, you know, the next half be amazing and not live out like the best days are behind me. The best days right. aren't right. Um, and, and then, yeah, what can I do to be, to do it all right. So that I live with no regret, which is a key line in a lot of like, you know, live adventurously so that you don't have the pain and regret later.
0: Yeah, and I also find that living adventurously makes the unexpected, not so great adventures a little less terrible and a little less <laughs>
1: <laughs> terrible. What's the value I can take away from yeah, this? How I'm can always, I, hey, make I make this pandemic
0: a positive yeah. thing? Yeah, like, Mah. right, yeah. right. So anyway, well, Andy, how can people find you?
1: On LinkedIn is usually the best way to connect with me uh, and they can and direct message me there. Of course, they can go to, alwaysadventurelife.com also. But uh, connect with me on LinkedIn and shoot me a message. I would I would love to, to meet and talk and go from there.
0: Talk to your 7,000 people in your audience. I love it. I'll put all those links in the show notes for you. Andy, thank you so much for your insights. Where's Drew today? What's he doing these days?
1: He's starting EMS school. So oh, he wants cool. to be a paramedic firefighter. And so he's starting that. Uh, he even, he overcame a fear of heights and, and worked on cell towers for a couple of years. And, uh, and, uh, but now he's switching into something maybe a little more sustainable.
0: Well, from my understanding, I, a friend of mine's a firefighter, actually my ex-husband's a firefighter and they have to go high a lot. So it's a good thing he took care of that.
1: Right. <laughs> Address that one right away.
0: Yeah. Right. All right. So Andy, good. thank you so much. This has been awesome.
1: Thank you so much. Great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, there you have it. Um, just an awesome story of someone who took lemons and made lemonade once the uh, once the crisis was over. A, an incredibly difficult challenge turned into a very positive life and a life with some great ripples. So um, think about that. Think about how does adventure fit into your life? How are you, and again, As Andy said, it doesn't have to be, you know, a solo ride across Mongolia on on an adventure bike. Sometimes it's just like me this morning, the sun was coming up and I couldn't sleep. So I went out on my paddleboard and and paddleboarded and like, you know, saw what I saw. And how can you create little moments uh, in your day to have adventure? How can you embrace unknown, say yes to things um, that'll enrich your life? And that, and you, maybe you'll find out, you know, this isn't for me, I'm never gonna say yes to that again. (laughs) But sometimes you might figure out, you know what? That was awesome. Not only did I just learn something, but I built my confidence. I built that trust that I can figure things out. And maybe you find the next greatest habit Um, or maybe you just get stronger for the next unexpected thing that comes like a wrecking ball out of nowhere and smacks you in the head. So good luck, everybody. Thank you for dancing with us today. Uh, I'll put all of Andy's links in the show notes, so make sure you uh, grab those. Check out his website, connect with him on LinkedIn. Uh, Great guy, amazing story. So glad Drew's doing well, and I hope you are doing well, too. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for listening, and we'll do some more fun dancing in the discomfort zone next week.